So yeah, Stephanie wasn't feeling too well, so she couldn't join. And I don't know what the fuck Devin's doing. Maybe he'll pop in, maybe he won't. But, you know, we're in the final season of Insecure, season five. I think this season only got eight episodes. So it's probably gonna be that's it. Eight episodes. But you know, I heard she signed like a big ass contract with HBO. So it's probably gonna be some new shit coming out. I heard it was like fifty, sixty million dollars. So she is getting oh, the bag. So I big money. Yeah, we're gonna see some new shit. So uh it's been like two years. Did you remember everything that happened from the last season or did you have to catch up? No, I need and actually I'm gonna have to go back and watch because I was like, man, I I've forgotten way more. Like I don't know, my, my pandemic brain is different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way. Every day I'm like I'd be forgetting shit. And I'm like, is this because like I just been in the house all day? Like I'm still I'm still not like I still I go out more now, but it's still not like it used to be. It's not like how it used to be. Oh yeah, it's nothing like that. It's nothing like that. And it probably never will be again. No. You think they're gonna tackle the pandemic on the show? I don't know, because nobody had on like mask or anything mm-hmm. and it didn't like come up. And I thought it would have come up like in the first episode, like, man, this is crazy, and it didn't. And I don't know. I don't know if that's weird, but I do appreciate like not, I guess, being bombarded with my like cruel reality right now. Do you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? I've watched. So Curb Your Enthusiasm is one of those shows that's always on in my best friend's house. <laughs> so I, I watch it in the same way that I've watched that I say I watch Rick and Morty. It's just on in the background and I've heard like bits and pieces. Oh, okay. Well, that came back right after Insecure, and they um they 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 brought up COVID because um he went to like this guy's house and they found out he was a COVID hoarder, so he had like a closet full of like Perel and and toilet paper and paper towels and all that shit, and everybody at the house was like, "Oh, you a COVID hoarder," and they all like started cussing him out and left his house, his little party because they all hate COVID hoarders, so. That was the first time I've seen someone like tackle it in the comedy. Uh, I seen I don't watch the show, but I seen commercials from that show Queen Sugar, and everybody's in there with a mask. And I was like, I don't know if I can watch a serious show that's like sad and everybody's in a mask too. Like that seems like such a downer. So yeah, but it's also weird when I watch stuff and people don't have on masks. Like when mm-hmm. I watch old shows, it's, it's really weird when I watch like old like movies and shows and people are very close together. And I'm like, damn, y'all close as fuck. But I'm like, this is from 2001. So, of course, their like, world hasn't been ravaged by an ongoing pandemic. They have, Yeah, of course, they're blowing out their own birthday candles and sharing that cake on TV. Like, that's, that's not weird. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is. Now to think about that, that shit is so weird, bro. Oh, man. And I was, I was, I know these Marvel movies are getting uh, um, filmed. And I was like, 
what if they had like masks in these Marvel like movies? But then I realized, then I remember like they like four years in the future, so they probably act like the pandemic yeah. already happened. So that probably it's happened and gone during fucking uh the snap. <laughs> so that shit must have been bad if they had to snap was and their the pandemic. pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> that's bad. Yeah, that it was their pandemic. That's true. But um, but yeah, we're here to talk about Insecure season five. So episode one came out. Um, what do you think about it overall? It was a breath of fresh air. I was really, like, excited and anticipating a new season. It's kind of bittersweet because it's the last season, but that shit was funny. It had me in a very nostalgic place. Yeah, I was the same way. And I saw some people, I saw, like, you know, Twitter goes crazy when Insecure comes on. And so I saw people were like, yeah, this is what reminds me when I went to a PWI. And then I saw other people were like, this reminds me of why I was glad I went to an HBCU. So did anything about them going back to college like remind you of anything or going to reunions or anything? So, you know, I went to UT in Austin and it's a, you know, pretty big PWI and uh I would say a pretty small like black population considering like some of the other PWIs in the state, but like UT as a whole doesn't have homecoming. It's just a I don't know, weird school. But we have black homecoming. And Black Homecoming started, like, I think maybe my junior or senior year when I was there. But it's obviously, like, a more of a thing now that we're older and um, away from it. So we haven't had – well, they had it this year, but I didn't go. And we haven't we – didn't have, we didn't have it last year. But it definitely has that type of feel. And I want to say, like, in comparison to, like, Black Homecomings that I've been to, it's like, I, I always go to TSU Homecoming. Um, I've been to Prairie View's Homecoming. And HDCU Homecomings are just such a different, like, atmosphere to, like, what – we do I don't even call that a homecoming I call it like an outdoor kickback because that's mm-hmm. really just what it is and that's kind of what like East was like that's what that felt like I was like this feels like the stuff we do at UT yeah like I went to a PWI and I played football and homecoming as a football player was like cool for the game but they ain't really have a lot of shit going on it's like it's just like a bunch of alumni events and white people shit and the black people, like, I mean, we just do the regular, whole weekend. Just do regular That's a whole week. Yeah. <laughs> like but, HBCU homecoming is literally an entire week. It goes from Sunday to Sunday and yes. it ends with a gospel concert. I'm, I, I feel like every black every black homecoming, there is a gospel concert that like ends the weekend of debauchery. Yes. My best, I'm from Baltimore. My best friend went to Howard. So I would always come home around Howard homecoming. And Howard homecoming is like like this just giant event like celebrities and rappers and everybody just comes down it's like concerts every week is big parties the strip club is crazy like the whole city is like howard homecoming people that ain't never been to howard got no no connections to howard show up in in dc for howard homecoming every year so it's like way different and these schools got way more people than the hbcus and they just be weak so this stanford homecoming i was like i was watching the show and i was like this must be all the people from her graduating class all the black people in this one room because I can't imagine the black people in Stanford. <laughs> I can't imagine. It's, it's, probably, it's, it's more UT it's, than Stanford. It's small. <laughs> I feel, yeah, it, 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 I could see that. I could see that. Cause it's, but it's not a lot. Like, it's not a lot. I mean, so bad to the point, like, the reason it's as many of us now and at, and well, now and uh, like when I was there, is because of like a Supreme Court case in 1996. Mm-hmm. Like, UT had a very tiny 
black population and it's not even because the school is just that academic well it's academically rigorous but i feel like all universities are you know right. depending on subject it's just that it's just not a austin is not a welcoming place for black people and i don't know like too much about where stanford is as far as like what that it's community in Palo is like Alto. it's like a that's rich probably area a similar community yeah so yeah i would i would say yeah. you know it's probably a similar kind of feel but yeah, that it was like I say that took me to a very nostalgic place because PWY <laughs> shit is just different. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's way different. It's yeah. When I my first school I went to was a, like my second school was a PWI, but they had like a big black population. It's like it's probably like twenty percent black, twenty five percent black. So that's relatively big for a PWI. But my first school that I went to was like <laughs> we had a Facebook group. There was a Facebook group there, and it was like I go here. And I'm black and I'm not an athlete. <laughs> so all the people that weren't athletes that were black were in a Facebook group together because it was just so little of them that didn't play a sport. So I, I know about that life a little bit. So, all right, let's get into this show, though. Um, so, you know, this show picks up two months after the last season finale. And I didn't go back and watch it. So it was some things I didn't remember. Like, I didn't remember Molly and Andrew breaking up at the end of the season. I remember them having a little like thing, but I didn't know they fully broke up. But it was tense and I have to go back and that's what I should have did. I should for this to review, but I just know it was tense and it wasn't like it didn't end on a great note. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't surprising to me that they weren't together. I didn't know. I just hate that it was like it happened off camera. Yeah, it definitely happened off camera. So you know Molly, Issa, Kelly Tiffany and Derek, they're all going back to Stanford for their 10-year reunion. And, you know, it looked like Issa and Molly had, like, talked a couple times, but they still not where they used to be, so it's still kind of, like, some tension there, even though they're trying to be cordial with each other. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. They're in the car together. They're taking this long-ass trip. I'm like, you know, that's going to be interesting. I was hoping it wasn't going to be a blow-up. Um, and so Issa, she's been invited to speak on an alumni panel because like, apparently her organization has blown up since that block party. But I was like, I remember that block party having a shooting at the end. I feel like that would have been bad for a new, a new person starting the organization to have a shooting at the end of your first big event. But apparently they I ain't mean, fuck with her. Didn't Puff Daddy like kill some people <laughs> or whatever at like a Howard event that he had? I we need to stop talking about Howard. <laughs> Howard already has enough going on. Um, but didn't Puff Daddy have like some horrible tragedy? So you know, if you if you're using that as a metric, maybe you know her shit really about to blow up because yeah, I know. it was yeah. definitely violence at the end of that concert. I that think they showed party. her Instagram page. She had like a hundred and eighty thousand followers, and I was like. That's a lot in two months. Like that's that's pretty good. Like she's she's, she's doing an influencer. It. So I was like, all right, Issa, look at you. Um, and so Molly talks about Molly said that she went back to therapy with Dr. Rhonda. So that's good. She ain't quit on therapy. Um, and you know, Kelly's in there joking, but you know, later on we'll get to see that like Kelly ain't always for them jokes, but in the beginning she was joking, and um they were looking at like this book for their reunion <laughs> and it had kelly dead in a book and so it was like a memoranda for her like alumni that's passed away and i was like how does like how's this okay like this is this is gonna be a running joke i knew this was gonna be a running joke at the beginning but somebody messaged me and was like i think kelly's actually dead 
And what you saw oh. Kelly in the show was a ghost. Here we go with the Rugrats. All the babies are dead. Theory. <laughs> <laughs> but then they messaged me no. again. It was like, no, I was just tripping. I had to rewatch the show. I was just tripping. And I was like, I, when I saw that, I was that like, be wild. Because at one point they were just ignoring the fuck out of her, and I was like, huh, that that is interesting. But then I was like, no, no, because at one because that one time she got angry, and they were talking directly to her, and I was like, no, nah, she's there. So <laughs> ain't no sixth sense. <laughs> no, it's not a it's not the sixth sense. Uh, so you know, Molly, you know, pulls Kelly. They get to where they go, and Molly pulls Kelly aside, and she's like, you know, how you dealing with the fallout? with you and Tiffany, you know, because, you know, if you remember, like, when Tiffany was pregnant, kind of, Kelly and Tiffany kind of, you know, were, I don't know what you call it, because that's, like, what do you call that, Lauren? Is that, is like, is that normal that, like, your relationships kind of change when you are having a baby? Is that kind of a normal thing? Yeah, and I'll say, because I've had babies at, like, two very different points in my life, so I had my first child when I was 19, and my second one, I was in my late 20s like almost 30 and I definitely saw like how different that those time periods were because it was more of my like people around me having kids but even with that it's just a different level of responsibility and you're just exhausted like my kids are six and 14 and I'm still tired (laughs) it's still people I'm supposed to meet up with for coffee that just never happened because you know life just happens so when Kelly and like Tiffany were portraying that like drama within a relationship it was very real it was very real especially if you have like a close relationship with somebody and there's this new baby that's kind of like dang like we were sisters we were homegirls and now you're all your attention and all your love you know is to this new baby I think that can cause like some tension too but adults don't feel comfortable saying like I'm jealous of your baby do you think it would have been better if like Kelly had already had a baby or if she was pregnant at that time too yeah it would have at least for a perspective change it would have made for like a different perspective and then so like even for like for me it was just very hard to like maintain relationships as much as I wanted to. And so it's just, I fell into like stronger bonds with people that had kids because we could Mm -hmm. do things together with our children. You know what I mean? Versus like, I have to like plan around my time to like go to this happy hour and get like toasted and know that's the rest of my night or me and this other home girl where her like little baby can go to the children's museum. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's just, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just life. It's just part of life. Yes. So I don't know that life yet, but hopefully soon. Um, you'll, you'll see, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so Kelly, you know, Kelly tells Molly, like, you know, don't force, don't force it with Issa, you know, just keep trying to, you know, trying to be a friend, keep showing up, supporting her. And, you know, y'all got a history. So things will work out. And so I was like, all right, look at, like they everyone's growing that was the thing with this show in the beginning it was i would watch the show and i would be like every time you think a character's growing they go back they take a step forward then they take three steps back and i'm like y'all y'all need to learn like y'all getting old y'all almost 30 30, like i think when the show started they're supposed to be like in their late 20s and now they're like in their early 30s so i'm like y'all are getting older y'all gotta start learning from these experiences and so at least this episode was like everyone seems to be like trying to grow and be better which is good when you get to that age you're supposed to be a little bit better um so basically they get on campus they go to this event and it's like a mixer and they run into um (laughs) an old friend of theirs cheyenne 
uh, who is uh, a dancer. I think they said she left. She left school early to go dance with Sierra. So I was like, okay, <laughs> that's that's an interesting uh, path to take. So I wonder if she's still dancing. She was in great shape, so I could believe it. Um, and you know, she seems so happy to see them. But I think I think one of them was like they didn't fuck with her for some reason at one point, but they were cool at one point. So they were kind of like planted in the middle. Uh, and so she greets them and they're all happy and stuff, but you know, Tiffany was like, she's too crazy. Uh, so she's not gonna really deal with that shit. And I was like, all right, is this person gonna be a reoccurring character? We find out that she's not probably <laughs> in the show, but it was good to kind of see some backstory with the crew because you know, we ain't really getting none. We just got to pick up with Issa and Lawrence, so we didn't really know what it was like before. So this was kind of cool to see that. What did you think about the Cheyenne character? It was that was Cheyenne was really funny. Um, at the very beginning, I was just like, "Oh, I don't know if I'm feeling some type of way." And not to say I feel some type of way, but like when I was in college, I was kind of rowdy, and I kind of hung with some like <laughs> rowdier girls. We were kind of we we weren't robbing nobody. I think like shoes or nothing, <laughs> but we was. We was kind of them. Like, I'm pretty sure there are some people, especially the Black people at UT, who are probably would say, you know, in, in rooms that I'm not in, that, yes, she's a little too wild for me. And it just really came from me coming from, like, a real bougie, like, really tightly wound upbringing. And I got to college, and I was just, like, on 10. <laughs> like, very much, like, just stilettos pumped in the club, like beating bitches up out their shoes act, just acting a fool but I was a good time but I definitely like felt that Cheyenne energy like oh yeah I know people probably said that about me yeah it's Cheyenne but Cheyenne is still about their life apparently which we'll get still, to a little bit later she's still, still on that shit so then they uh Molly walks up on Derek he's talking to these two people and then they kind of two of them walk away and they kind Derek kind of like does like an awkward handoff and then we find out that, like, this dude's name is Omari. And Derek was like, yeah, here, say hi to Omari, Molly. He's divorced now. And we find out that, like, Omari and Molly used to, like, have a thing with each other back in college, apparently. And, you know, they talk they talk a little bit about their relationship. And, you know, he was basically, she was basically like, you know, I wasn't really feeling him back then or whatever. It was kind of like uh, friends with benefits or whatever. I think that's what she said. And mm-hmm. that's that's when we find out that it's been two months since Molly and Andrew broke up. Uh, so she's been dealing with that. And so now she's starting to have old feelings about Amari. You think we're going to see him again? Because they kind of talked about him throughout the episode. I feel like we're definitely going to see him again, but I don't like I can't predict the trajectory of like where that's going. And so I just looked up to kind of refresh my memory what happened with her and Andrew on the last episode, like the finale. And remember they had that fight that cut off and they never, I think, really went back to that. So I'm wondering like, yeah, they break up off screen because he may reappear again or I don't know, but I don't know about this Omari person. I don't know. Because I feel like Sometimes you can miss out. Sometimes you can miss out on opportunities with people, but sometimes it's a reason why things didn't, you know, progress further than that. And I just don't want her and her desperation forcing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, all we know about this nigga is that they used to fuck in college and now he's divorced. So we don't really know too much about him. 
but Molly seems to be like, uh, you think I should like pursue this again? Like we'll get to that, but she ends up talking to Issa about that shit. So um that was that's gonna be interesting going forward. So basically they uh you know the events alumni memorial video, they have this video and it's it's like commemorating Kelly's life. And somebody was like she had the best stanky leg and she always carried a purse. She always carried a purse, <laughs> sent me to the moon. Like I died laughing. I could not stop laughing. Every time I think about that, like randomly to myself, because what the fuck? Like every bitch carry a purse. <laughs> that was so like that was it was so funny because it was such a just a generic thing to say. Like, yeah, she always carried a purse. Like I love that about her. Girl, what? But the funny thing about this was that they kind of zoom in on Kelly and usually she would be laughing or joking, but it seemed like this kind of was like, I don't know if she felt some type of way about it or if she, if I think what they were trying to say is that like, if people actually thought she died, is this all people think about her? Is like, she had a stinky leg and she carried her purse. Like that's all y'all niggas Definitely. think about me. So I think and I she feel fe- like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no sorry. good. I wasn't going to say shit. No, I was just thinking, so, you know, I feel like Issa and them, they are very, like, tuned in to the Twitters and the Instagrams, and they they read our posts, and they see the things that we say. You know, that's always been a critique about Kelly's character, is that she's just kind of, like, comic relief and not much more. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, two things can be true, and I know it looks like from the perspective of her being, like, the fat, funny friend, but I also realize that, you know, she writes for the show too and that's maybe just the way she wanted to write her own character but it's going to be interesting to see like this perspective shift of like kelly like going inward and saying like what do i offer to this friend group what do i offer like to you know the world that i'm in because that was you could tell she was having like a a, like a real deep moment Mm -hmm. yeah and you know I, i saw a lot of people on twitter were like this is good to see because later on we'll get to it, but she actually like speaks up about it. And so it's like, you know, the show is definitely evolving in this final season. Like I can tell, and I could tell a big thing. We'll get to it at the end with Lawrence. They're like, oh, they're going to really try to make people better people. I think, I don't know. Maybe they'll make Lawrence trash again, but we'll see. I think they're going to actually try to make him a better person. So we'll see how Lawrence is um, when we get to that. But yeah, so like, you know, Cheyenne leads her in a, you know, Cheyenne starts doing the stanky leg and everybody started doing it on the dance floor. <laughs> and the, the funniest part was Tiffany. You could tell she's like a bougie girl, like don't want to do like she's not really about that. And she did like the weakest stanky leg I've ever seen. It was just like, I don't know how to dance, but I'm going to participate because I have to. And she had a champagne glass in one hand. And it was just like it was just so like that character. Like that's exactly what that character would do in that moment. Um, which is somebody I would probably not hang out with. Uh, out of the whole group, she's probably the least person I would hang out with. Everybody else seems like fun. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, hold up. What's that nigga's name that they used to hang out with too? That was like that's um, Lawrence's friend. What the fuck is his name? Chad. I hope we see. Ch- I don't know why I just thought about. Where him. is Chad? I need yes. to see. Chad Where this is last his season. chaotic ass? <laughs> Because that reminded, I was just thinking about that. And I was like, the opposite of Tiffany is Chad, and I need to see Chad. Um, so, yeah, right before the panel, uh, you know, they had Mira Issa early this season. 
uh, in episode one. And this is throwback Issa. So this is college Issa with uh, braces and like a college shirt on. And, you know, Issa, yeah, with the twist. And college Issa was so happy to see Issa like blown up and got a whole business going and don't got braces anymore. And she goes, how about where them abs at? And Issa's like, oh, look. And then she was like, oh, damn, oh. fucked up somewhere. <laughs> and I was like, Issa look good. Why are you so mad? Uh, young Issa, but, you know, I guess she expected her to look, you know, a little bit different. So that was a fun. I always love the mirror Issa scenes. Those are always good. Um, but, yeah, then they had this panel. And, you know, they always got to have the awkward Issa moment, like where she just, like, says something and then you just be like all right just end the sentence here Issa and then she's <laughs> and then she keeps going so she showed up in a plaid suit a green plaid suit which I guess that's the end now right like those types of things are in people wearing that shit yeah people are wearing I'm, people are wearing like the plaids and the coordinated like sets and even like the Chanel inspired like I call them like Hillary Banks little like mm-hmm. separates and stuff it's yeah it's a thing we're kind of in back in the 90s fashion wise and so you're seeing a lot of shit <laughs> yes and you know Issa starts to doubt herself here a little bit so like the panel was called finding your path and you know everybody else in the panel was talking about you know the lessons they learned along their business journey and how they went from where they were to where they at now and you know Issa, she was like not really able to articulate kind of like she I guess she didn't feel stable yet or you know block is new like she don't even know the acronym of it which is kind of a joke but it's still part of it is like she's got this new thing going on that's kind of blowing up but it's still relatively new and so everybody else up there is like been successful for a while and she's starting to get a little successful so it was kind of like back in season one when we got yo when she was there and she still wasn't too sure of herself. So, but it looks like she's uh, working through that shit now, which is good. So she kind of makes a little awkward thing at the end of this. And I was like, Issa, don't say it. Don't say it. And I don't really, I didn't write down what she said, but she kept talking and kept talking. I was like, God damn it. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's the character. So then, you know, later Issa and Molly steal some drinks from another class's mixer and start walking through campus. And Molly tells Issa about, Amari's interests and talks about, you know, <laughs> what she sus- suspects ended the marriage. And so, like, I've never dated someone that was married. Uh, obviously, well, not obviously, but I haven't dated someone that was married. So I don't know if that's something that's common, but I guess that would be a thing. Like, you know, why is why is he divorced or why is she divorced? So I guess that's all right. But I feel like why would you even think that unless you're thinking about dating this nigga again? So and Issa, you know, Issa was kind of reluctant to talk a little bit. And so Molly kind of switches to talking about Issa. So this is, seems like something she's probably learned in therapy, where it's like, uh, maybe I'm putting too much on her. Let me put it back. You know, I'm trying to be selfish, asking about my stuff. Let me talk about her stuff as well. Because I think that's one of the things that they had an issue with last season was that Issa felt like Molly centered herself too much. So I thought that was a little bit of growth from Molly. Um, and so Issa and Molly are still going through campus and they remember how they became friends in the first place. And uh, she was like, I want to be friends with this girl. And, you know, 
that kind of eases the tension between them. And, you know, Molly was like, you know, we're going to be all right. And they was, she was like, yeah, we're going to be all right. So what'd you think about that kind of way for them to kind of break the ice and kind of start back on their friendship? I think that was really important and kind of going through my own, like rekindling of a friendship with somebody who I was really close to. It's really, um, I don't know. It's really like therapeutic to see it kind of play out and to kind of understand that like, that's just, a, it's the ebb and flow in a part of your life. And I think it's so important to show that relationships can grow and that you can get back to a place of, and it's not so much of going back to a place of where you were because you know, the friendship and the bond was there, but maybe where y'all were, like in y'all's friendship, like the toxic parts of it, may, you may not need to go back there. And so it's going to be really interesting to see like how we, how they grow throughout the season and where they end up at. And I think it was really important to when Molly had asked Kelly at the beginning, early, like early on in the episode, she was like, you know, when you and Tiff kind of had y'all falling out, how long did it take for y'all to get back? And I was, and it was so real for Kelly to say, oh, we was fake back before we was back back. Mm-hmm. And I think that really just shows like there's a, there's, there has to be a progression. And even if it feels like, almost like when you first start dating somebody and you get that like veneer of a person and the relationship is kind of like real, like surface level. It was just so like real for me to be able to see that because it just gave me some peace about like my own situation. Like, okay that's just part of the purpose because that because when we first kind of like got back you know on the same path it didn't feel like how we used to be it didn't feel authentic but I didn't feel like it was like her trying to be fake and me trying to be fake it was just trying to like be mindful of how we how things fell off I think we're both coming to terms with our like our, our roles in a relationship and how that kind of like threw us off balance and like I said I think seeing like Issa and Molly kind of go through that experience is just really like I don't know it's really important I think it's just it really makes me excited because I want Molly and Issa to be friends at the end of this like I do and I'm hoping Issa doesn't break my heart like in that way like I've never really cared about Lawrence and them that much like Daniel none of them I always wanted her to, like, to have that friendship because I feel like women at that age black women especially like we need like our friends we need our homegirls yeah, and so many shows are centered around will the woman get with the man. And exactly. this show is always as much as people on social media talk about the niggas that she's been with, the show is based around their friendship. So it only makes sense that it ends around their friendship to me. And I like that they showed some vulnerability in this conversation. Like as a man, like that's not something that men do that that often, particularly at this age, like in my age in the thirties, like it's not like I think it's better in 2021 probably than it's been in the you know in past like a lot of things. But just because things are better now, don't mean they're good. So like you don't oftentimes see niggas show vulnerability and just be like you know are we good? Like is everything okay? So like for me to see that is kind of a, a interesting perspective because it's not something that you know I would probably ever experience in a relationship uh, like a friendship because that's just not how guys tend to express themselves so i thought that was good um and very healthy in a way so after that you know they supposed to be going to like this reggae party and uh in the car they singing and having a good time and you know kelly's in the front and she is clearly something is bothering her and she's upset that like 
you know, no one at the college remembers her well. Like she, you know, she says something to the extent of like everything she does is taken as a joke. And like the only person who seems to notice it is Tiffany. Like Tiffany's like, are you know, are you all right? Like, are you gonna be all right? That type of thing. And so that shows that like, you know, she's aware of her, like they're back on the same page that, you know, even in this like kind of chaotic setting in this car, loud music blaring, we're about to go to this party. She's aware enough of Kelly to realize that like she's not herself right now. Something's bothering her. But Issa and Molly were kind of dicks. She was like, why are y'all making everything a fucking joke? And they were like, they act like they were serious for a second. And they started joking her with Cheyenne. And I was like, Cheyenne might be a bad influence on them because <laughs> they are uh, not paying any attention to Kelly at all. And so they pull over at a liquor store uh, to get some drinks to sneak into the event. <laughs> and uh, Issa, Molly, and Cheyenne are held up by a dude at gunpoint. And, you know, like, Bomani Jones on Twitter always says this. Like, and I'll never forget this. I heard this, like, 10 years ago. He's like, when you get robbed, you got one job. That's to get robbed. And they in there, she's like, give me them shoes. Get me, like, give me your purse. Give me your watch. And Issa's like, that's a Cartier watch. And she's like, why the fuck would you say some shit like that when you're getting robbed? So they, she, he takes all their shit. And then Issa was like, you want my shoes? And they were like, nah, <laughs> we good on that. But, uh, you know, the the gunman fucks up and calls Cheyenne shy. And Issa and Molly were like, hold up. How the fuck you know her name? And basically, Cheyenne has set them up to rob them. And she still, once she figured it out, she just walked over to the other side and was like, well, this is still a robbery, bitch. So, like, you still need to give me your shit. You need to come up off that. And so they take their shit and go off. Um, did you think this was going to be played as comedy or did what did you think about this scene? I don't know. So that's always like the, you know, Insecure always just does like something that's just like super like stupid to me. And I guess this was like the super stupid thing. And but it was it was funny. It was like a funny ass like scenario. But the way they just had came up off their shit, I was just watching it. I was like, yeah, I know I'm stupid because I'd have got killed out there tonight. Because the minute Cheyenne would have like walked over to the other side, me and her just I just would have hit that bitch. And we, <laughs> I would have gotten shot. Cause I could just see like my me being with like my certain friend and them just giving up their stuff and me being like, no, bitch, don't take nothing else off. Don't hand that nigga nothing else. Like we about to die behind this damn Cartier watch tonight. It ain't even my watch. But <laughs> you know, I think that's just what makes scene. it funny. Cause it's Issa and Molly, like so. I don't know. Well, Molly got a little gangster in her. I feel like she could have really like handled Cheyenne. I don't know. When I saw this scene, I immediately thought, like, I wonder what Lauren's gonna say about this because I I watched this and then they get back in the car and they like, like nothing. Yeah, I would have been. I'm not gonna lie. I'd have been fucked up. I'd have been like, yeah, dog. I don't know if I want to go to this party right now. <laughs> and they were like, I don't know if they were trying to like cope with the fact that they just got robbed using laughs but they seemed like yeah nigga we just got fucking robbed Cheyenne took all our shit but she didn't take Easter shoes and they all start laughing <laughs> and they were like and then Tiffany was like oh you know why she didn't take her shoes and everybody started laughing including Kelly so that was kind of an interesting thing to kind of bring them all back together at least in that moment uh, because yeah it was ridiculous in the way that Insecure has a bunch of ridiculous shit every season it's always something like this Something like too ridiculous, like when Kelly got tased at Coachella, like yeah. that just ruined the episode for me. I was like, "Come on, y'all!" Like, 
oh, it's just got to take it one step too fucking far. But yeah. Yeah, but it just, it's one of the things I said earlier. Like, it shows that, like, this show is not about the men in the show or the relationships between Molly and Andrew or Issa and anybody. It's, th- it's these, it's these, these women. It's like, it's a show about them at its core. And it just kind of follows, you know, what it's like to be a black woman, you know, middle class, you know, doing well for the most well. Issa was struggling for a while, but basically middle class doing well in California. Like, these four black women, what's life like? So I thought that was cool. So, you know, at dinner the next day, you know, they could tell that Kelly was going through some shit. So they gave Kelly a proper eulogy, um, which was funny because right after this episode, they had an episode of Kirby Enthusiasm. And one of the things that happened on that show was this dude was like, um, Albert Bernstein was like, yeah, I always go to funerals and everybody um, says a bunch of nice things to people about people at their funeral. And they don't never get to hear that shit. So I'm going to have a, a live funeral so he he had a funeral where he was upstairs in a room watching it on a camera and had everybody come up and say nice shit about him because while he was still alive so that happened like right after this so i thought that was kind of funny like how those things were kind of connected um but yeah they gave her like this proper eulogy about you know all the shit impact she had on their lives and what she means to them and i thought that was really dope like for them to come together and like be very mature about that and you know, then they cut, but they like they were going back home, back to their normal lives. And then we find out that Kelly's a podcaster. And I saw this and I was like, so she podcasting her bed. That looks highly uncomfortable. Cause I, <laughs> I like to lay on my bed, but I'm not sitting on my bed. And she wasn't even sitting to the back of the bed, like where the headboard is. She was just sitting on the bed. In the middle of that bed. Yeah, that looks so uncomfortable. Like she how long crushed. is your podcast? She was stressed out. <laughs> And she had the arm like perfectly leaned over. And I was like, this is, this is, I mean, it's not a bad setup if you're comfortable, but like, like, you know, like JB Smooth has a podcast now. I don't know if you know this, not to get off topic, but he got a pod, he has a daily podcast. It's 15 minutes long. It's funny as shit, but it's only 15 minutes long or like 10 minutes long. And I was like, oh, I could do that. Like, if I do a 10 minute podcast every day, that'd be easy just to get out of my bed, talk, and I'm good. But she was like, she was about to do a whole last podcast in her bed. So I was like, all right, all right, Kelly. So she got listeners and she was talking to her listeners about uh, if they knew the end was near, you know, what would you do? And I was like, that's kind of ominous to be talking about. But I guess it's kind of, you know, a double thing with the end of the show coming. So, you know, they kind of go through a little montage and then we end the show with Lawrence, who wasn't in this episode at all to the end, picks up Issa from the airport. And, you know, when they get home, you know, they they were kind of joking about some restaurants and shit on the ride home like they always do in Insecure. But clearly Issa was feeling some type of way. And, you know, when when she got home, she was kind of crying and she was just like, you know, she had a chance to think about the situation. And, you know, because basically, you know, if you don't remember at the end of last season, Lawrence and Issa looked like they were on the same page and Lawrence had got this job to go to San Francisco and their relationship was good. And then Lawrence found out that Condola was pregnant. And Issa was, and Lawrence was just like, you know, I get it. Like he kind of nods at her. was like, I get it. I understand. And, you know, it's, it was basically like, you know, I really love you, but I just, this is just too much for me right now. Like I don't need to carry this burden. Could you, you know, what do you think about how Issa was feeling at that moment without her saying so many words? 
I think it was a lot of things. And I'm gonna just like start off with saying, I think this is such a like brave and important thing to also show on this show. And I think they portray it really well about like the idea of a woman at that age being able just to like back out of a relationship because when we get to the age of, well, I've always, I've been in a relationship forever. I've been a mom forever, but like a lot of my friends, I just noticed when it gets about 24, 25, you know, that's the, that's the next question for them from everybody. Like, regardless of what they've accomplished and done, like you're settling down, you're meeting somebody, you're getting married, you, you want to have a baby, blah, blah, blah. And so to have a show centered around like 30 year old, like black woman in the main character, literally like starts the first episode of a show, like ending a relationship with somebody that she, that she has history with. When in reality, we see a lot of people who would have, who would have gone through with that relationship to go through with a marriage, even though, they weren't 100% in. And so that was really like, you know, I really kind of enjoy seeing that. But also too, I think it just kind of showing us that like Issa is at a point where she doesn't maybe want to settle anymore. And, you know, we Mm -hmm. saw that when we got you, we saw that like in a lot of different ways in her life where she just kind of like got fed up and was like enough is enough. And I think as much as she loves Lawrence, like the baby situation is maybe too much that she can, it's too much that she can bite off. But I also think it just might just be that too, like, we always think that it was because he didn't have a job or whatever and no ambition, but there was something else there, I feel like, that wasn't able to hold that relationship together. And I think now when they got back together and they got past that, like, renewed, like, honeymoon period, she just started seeing it for what it was. Like, I don't know if I want to do this every day and forever. And I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I might be putting too much into it. They might totally end up together on the last episode but I really just feel like uh, she's sending a message like a transitional message about herself by like leaving that relationship in the past no like you said a big thing like one of my best friends is my my ex is one of my best friends and I talk to her all the time and she was in a marriage and she's not in it anymore and she's been dating or whatever and not having the success that she wants and I was just I was talking to her one day and I was just like you know, you don't have to settle. Like, you know, you are a good mom. You're successful. Like, you got all these other things going for you. Like, you know, love will come if you want it to come. But, you know, that don't have to define You don't have to settle for a nigga just because you feel like you can't be alone. Like, that's, like, you don't have, you can, you don't have to take what someone gives you. You can go get what you want. And this was like, on, and this was good to me on both sides, like Issa and Lawrence, because, you know, there was a point in the show where Lawrence would have reacted totally different to that, um, to what Issa did and in this at this point it was at a point where he was already like you know I understand where you're coming from and that's cool like that's he's like I'm sad obviously but I get it and Issa was basically just to me Issa was just like you know I don't like I think the show was trying to say like you know if you choose to want to do this like you really love someone and you think you can get through it that's okay that's usually what happens on the TV show. They portray it as you really love someone. You got to take on this burden, this extra burden, and particularly with black women. It's like, you got to take on this extra burden. You got to take on this burden. If you really love someone and the show is basically like, no, nah, you don't have to, like, you don't have to do that. You can say, no, you can go do something else. That's okay. Like Lawrence will be okay. Like he'll take care of his child and he'll be okay. You don't have to take on that burden if you don't want to. And I like to see that. I like shows that, I don't like to say both sides. Like you hear that all the time with politics, like both sides does this. It's not a both sides thing, but it's more so like there's a side that you don't often see, particularly when it comes to gender roles and particularly with black women, 
that you don't see in shows. And like this one was something you don't ever see where the woman's just like, nah, like I'm, I'm not, I don't want to go down that path right now. And like you said, it doesn't mean that she may not ever want to go down that path. Like, you know, they may do a time jump in a year from now. She may be wanting to go down that path and that's okay too. But, you know, I like the show giving her agency to just be like, nah, I'm good. Like, I love you, but I don't want to do this, right? I got a lot going on, and this ain't something I can I opt really out want. of this. Yeah, I don't want to take this on, which was, I really enjoyed that. So, and that's pretty much how the show ended. So, uh, what, do you, what are you looking forward to next week? Um, I'm, I don't know what, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to be pleasantly surprised. I'm really, I think what I'm really curious about is just really how it all ends. You know, this, the, the air of like finality of it. And so mm-hmm. each episode, you know, we're inching closer to that. And I'm just really thinking about like, where are these characters going to be on the end of this journey? And, you know, are we getting like any little spin-out hints or anything like that? But really just thinking about like, where do where does Molly end up? Where does Issa end up? Where does Kelly, you know, end up? Tiffany and you know her husband. Um, and then I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm I'm waiting to be pleasantly surprised. I do. Uh, you know what? I'm kind of I'm kind of anticipating the fallout from the breakup. I know they're gonna explore you know a little bit further between her and Lawrence, but you know I don't know. I'm just not super thrilled about condoling this baby. I keep wanting to call her Condoleezza, but condoling this baby. Do you think we're going to see, since this is the last episode, I mean, the last season, do you think we're going to see some old characters? You think Daniel's going to show up this season? I hope they bring everybody back. Like, I hope it's one of those things where we see, you know, um, Tasha from the bank. You know, I was I about to, to say, Daniel. the nigga wants to see Tasha come back. Just- yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Daniel. I, I want to see all of that. Yeah, like you know, drawing his messy ass marriage. Like, <laughs> just give us a quick like run through. Definitely, definitely hope to hear from Issa's brother. Like a couple of what episodes. Was the I need like from two, Houston? three episodes. What was the nigga's name from Houston that she messed with? As soon as you said it, I can't think of it. Now I can't think of it. Oh. Her boo. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think he's gonna eyes. come back too. What was his name? Um Damn, I don't even remember his name. Why you do that? Because as soon as you said that, now I can't think of it. <laughs> uh, Nathan. Nathan's his name. Yeah, Nathan. So, yeah, I wonder if Nathan's going to come back. Daniel, Tasha, Dro. The nigga, I don't think the nigga she was fucking in the building was going to come back. <laughs> the one, Who? The one, the, 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 the one that lived across they, the street from her? Across the hall, whatever? Not the guy that she saw him out with his girlfriend with Lawrence that time. That guy? No, not the security guy. No, security not the, guy. Oh, I forgot about the security guy. <laughs> no, I forgot about the security guy. And then Molly. I don't know. I wonder if Andrew's going to come back. I feel like they might have ended that relationship because he's not coming back. Yeah, uh, I could get that sense. He was a one season, you know, fling. So, yeah. I mean, it's a lot to go on. It's eight episodes. I saw an interview with Issa Rae, and she said that um, HBO is really strict on the time, so all the episodes except the first one and the last one are going to be 28 minutes, but the last one's going to be longer, so they're going to be pretty quick. This season's going to go by pretty quick, so I'm excited. That's going to fly by. That's going to fly by. Dang, really an end of an era. That's crazy. 
yeah so lauren thank you for coming back and doing this with me hopefully next week we'll have devin and stephanie back we have the full house this is one of the most fun things i've done on the show and it's one of our most popular shows like I get emails about this show. People were asking, like, when are you, I we took a break on the podcast for like two months, and I had people asking, like, are y'all gonna do Insecure when you come back? And I was like, yeah, I think we're gonna do Insecure. So like, people like listening to us talk about this. So hopefully next week we'll have the whole crew back. Uh, we'll get to see some other characters, and um, we'll end this us uh, in this season in this actually in this series I should say in this series strong. So. I'm, I, I got I got good hopes for this. I think it's going to be a good season. Uh, anything yes, else you yes. got, Lauren? Are you going to come back no, to podcasting? Got... You know what? I really want to. I think when my life settles down a little bit, I was talking to Gabby. Me and Gabby are literally like two ships passing in the night. Like we have had such crazy years this last like oh like over. I, I keep saying like a year, but it's the whole pandemic. Um, mm-hmm she's got like big 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 woman things going on like house sign <laughs> and shit like big grown-up girl stuff but um i was telling her i was like we gotta come back and do a little something something but life gotta slow down first life gotta slow down but we will definitely have a whole lot to talk about <laughs> yeah that man that would be great y'all show is one of my favorite shows so anytime oh, i can get you, you on to talk I, about I, it i miss it so and i know Devin was super excited <laughs> which i'm gonna give him hell for falling asleep so i know his ass fell asleep no, he fell asleep. But you know what? I, I fell asleep on Devin last week. So I it, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Because I took some time in all PM. We were supposed to link. And listen, I slept through three alarms. I was like, bro, I needed that. I needed that sleep. No, like, yeah. Yeah, we might be in Houston soon, too, because we were thinking about moving there in the next few years. So we've been there a couple Y'all times. Y'all should do it. Y'all I like Houston it. because, I, I mean, Dallas is dope. I mean, it's all right, but Houston just seemed like better culture. Like it's just like more. And then my homegirl Charmaine moved there from um, it's different California, and she just opened up this comic book store in the Third Ward, which is dope. So I'm really excited about that. I think I passed by it because me and my son we took a picture of where we're supposed to go. Is it like in a? Is, is it small? Yeah, it was small. Yeah, like it's really cute, Coast, like a little cosmos. Yes, yeah. yes. We have like a plan to go there. Like it's one of our like mommy and son outings i'm excited i did not know that that was your people we definitely have to go now yeah she just opened that up uh and she uh she's um and she's you know she's well she's mixed but you know black woman owned comic store and that's a temporary spot they got a they're working on like a full spot that's going to have like a podcasting like a like a studio in it so like people in the area can come rent it to like record music or record podcasts that that type of thing so like she's trying to do a whole thing for the area so that's super dope so yeah you know so dope oh my goodness i'm so excited about going now i'm gonna let her know that's exciting so yeah so we'll be back next week hopefully the whole crew will be back lauren thanks again for joining me um we'll talk to everybody later peace all right holla